Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gilders Alexander and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck, for part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Mondays is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, oh, what's up? I mean, this intro is giving me emotions every time, different emotions. Now, the Mike Muscala that says, zero are great or zero is great. <laughs> it's, it's a mixture of realizing that you that you're not going to get cereal for real for yeah. the next 10 years mm-hmm. and or being sad, remembering all that cereal meant to you in your early part, uh, in the early part of your life. It's great. It's great. It's it's uh, great. Like it's great, but also just remembering that uh, I got to sit down with Jalen Williams before the season started, both of them, but namely J Dub. Uh, it's pretty wild. He the the reason that the Thunder have won their last two games is him, Jalen Williams. Yeah. He goodness in that Minnesota game, which is a wild game, by the way, just uh, an absolute absurd game. You know, I, I kind of went in on Towns a little bit on Friday on just he's a known loser and, you know, all that. Same applies for Rudy Gobert. Hold my beer. Yeah, all of it applies to Rudy as well. That dude is the worst. He's showing that, like, people just don't like playing with him, you know. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell's over there in Cleveland saying, you know, I'm having fun again. And now he's in Minnesota and everyone's miserable. He has these just disastrous quotes about how, oh, if Joel Embiid wants to play for the French national team, he's got to do this, this, and this. I mean, like, just stop. Man, like, Shut just up. the worst guy. And then he, and then the worst, maybe the worst person on the team that he could, you know, sweep his leg on right there was our guy, Kenny Hustle. Don't do that to Kenny Hustle. He hurt. He hurt him. He's out tonight. Ken Williams is out tonight, thanks yeah, to that was the play. Rudy Gobert. Yeah, the worst dude. He is terrible. I he he's absolutely destroying everything in Minnesota. All the good vibes, all the goodwill that was restored last year for Minnesota is now gone, uh, and that's because you combined the two biggest known losers in the NBA today on one team. Congratulations, Minnesota. Um, I mean, Rudy is, um, I mean, I don't want to go into cliche <laughs> with friends. <laughs> I won't. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Um, you absolutely do. <laughs> no, uh, 
to be honest, I mean, when I was in the U.S., one of the, my closest friends was, uh, I think that he was born nearby uh, Rudy's hometown. So it's, oh, I, really? I can't say anything too bad. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, you know, uh, when you remember uh, the national team he plays for, you can say, okay, it's Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is what it is. Um, oh, I mean, that play was so stupid because Clearly, Kenny said said something quite bad to him. Um, I I haven't checked. He's just not uh, the he's not the one to mess with. I mean, you're talking about like the realest dude ever in Kenner yeah. Williams. Like, he is yeah. genuinely the best dude. And then Rudy, who is the exact opposite. I mean, it's just you you couldn't have two polar opposites. And Rudy is one that I feel like you can mess with all day and all night just because that guy. Is a known loser, and then you have Ken yeah. Rich, who is like, don't mess with Kenny Hustle, just don't yeah. do it. Desmond Bain tweeted about it after the game, like, don't do it, don't do that. Yeah, bad idea. No, and by the way, you said J Dub is the reason why uh, OKC won against Minnesota. I would put quite. I mean, the fact that we are discussing two players that are not Shea Gilgis Alexander or Gilchrist, uh, whenever he he <laughs> got his very Shea efficient Alexander 30, Gilchrist, Gilchrist. You mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> It's it's insane, but yeah. you you could tell that whenever Kenny came on the court and play like that, the team was very very different yeah. with him on the court. And, and you're plus right, twelve. I mean, hmm? They were plus twelve with, with yeah. Kenner Chatham. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you could tell that um, he he had an impact beyond numbers. He was just after it every single possession, and it's one of the um, first time this season that we saw the usual version of Kenny, uh, mm-hmm. the version that we fell in love with last year. Awesome. Um, and J-Dub, I mean, it's insane that we, we we witnessed the game against the Spurs where he was sensational. Mm-hmm. But in, the impression that I got from the last 10 minutes of the game against Minnesota is much, much better. I mean, it was a game that was going south. Yeah. And in those moments, you need someone that can make the right decisions, that can play with poise, that can do whatever the coach is clearly thinking, but it's not passing through to the guys that are on the court. Mm-hmm. And you don't expect that the rookie, yes, not the youngest rookie, but still a rookie, takes the team in his hands and just delivers. Yep. In a very, very difficult environment where like the referees are completely screwing up, uh, I don't care left or right. Like <laughs> it it's was not a important. Game from the yeah, I standpoint. mean when you ha- when you handled eight, eight technical fouls, you really officiate the game in a in a poor way. I don't care about anything else. Yeah. Like there was no blood nor need of being so harsh. And it wasn't even it just, like between it was it was the the officials just didn't like anybody complaining at them at all that night is basically what yeah. it came down to. Because it wasn't like the two team, the only there was only one incident between players, and that was the the Kenrich Gobert. Yeah, incident. which but it was a mild one. Like it's he not didn't that need, they, he didn't. What did you think? Do you think he needed to be tossed? I mean, I'm glad he got tossed. I just hate watching that guy play basketball. But you know, I don't know that it was really I warranted. I mean, I don't like the the tripping. I mean, yeah. that can end bad. Yeah, like. If if Kenny goes hard, down hard on his shoulder, that can happen on a trip. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't like that. Yeah. We, the NBA cannot allow that to happen. Yeah. So just because of it, 
I mean, Grayson Allen should be tossed every time he he trips someone. I don't care if be it's kicked um, out of the NBA. I'm I'm tired of Grayson Allen. He's <laughs> tired of that guy. He should be gone. But yeah, in general, I mean, tripping is not part of the game. If you want to trip someone, just don't do it on a basketball court. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. don't do it. But but hey, if you have to, don't don't complain if you get tossed. Yeah, I don't think that it's uh, that is not the bad call. I mean, the fact that they didn't have control of the game though. It's uh, it was part of the entropy um, that that was there in the in the fourth quarter, and JDub just steadily played five minutes of complete control and effectiveness, and I was I was shocked. Like <laughs> a rookie can do that? That is that is quite amazing. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, JDub in that fourth quarter, he he didn't score a point until the fourth yeah. quarter. He scored 11 points, had three assists in the fourth. He was four of four from the field, one of one from three, two of two from the free throw line. Just a complete and utter takeover. When they were down, I mean, that was, that's what the impressive part is. That's why I can like firmly say like he won them this game. Like early on in the fourth quarter, they're down six. And J-Dub hits a three, cuts that lead in half. And just continues to battle. He is like the primary ball handler during this portion of the game. Mm-hmm. And he took this game from the T-Wolves. And it was it was extremely impressive. And I I don't know, man. This is a the, the pick at twelve is a really important one for the Thunder. Because like you you just have to nail draft picks and you know, I know that the Thunder still don't have Chet and that's still like an amazing thing that the Thunder have come in their way but if you just looked at it in this and you said hey this is what the Thunder got from the 2022 draft and it was Jang and J-Dub mm-hmm. and you say like actually like, I feel pretty good about that you know and you look at where he is compared to other rookies in the last 10 games J-Dub is fourth in scoring amongst all rookies at 13.4 points per game. His efficiency numbers are through the roof compared to everybody yeah. else. So in the last 10 games, he is fourth in scoring. However, there isn't a player in the top 10 in scoring that is shooting as good of a percentage as he is. He's shooting 52% from the field in the last 10 games. Comparing that to his rookie brethren, Paolo Bancaro, 45%. Ben Matherin, 37%. Jaden Ivey, 36%. Jabari Smith, 43%. A.J. Griffin, 48%. Keegan Murray, 35%. I mean, it's kind of wild how much better and how much more efficient he is. And then from three, in the last 10 games, he's 37.9% from three. Yeah, so even the effective field goal is, is not bad. Uh, it will probably be in the 58th, 59 range, which is not bad at all. No. Maybe 56. I don't know. I, I don't have a number in front of me. Um, oh man, this is, this is one thing I don't love about NBA.com. When you switch. It loses a, the filters. Tradition, my, my filters. i got to reset all my filters. Um, this is a bug that we should report just for fun. Uh, I would agree with that. It it just takes just it just shaves just seconds off my life all the time just like little seconds here and there oh it uh, may take a, a lot more if you have compl- like complicated filters 
True. It can be eight seconds. Like, why in the world I should like uh, at least give me a button that refresh filters? Sixty percent like true shooting in the last sixty uh, in the whole season in the last ten games, which is like post mask J Dub, mm-hmm. like not injured J Dub. Sixty one point nine percent true shooting, fifty eight percent effective field goal. Um, mm-hmm. Which is better than just about everybody not named Jalen Duran who only takes shots at the rim. <laughs> so, I mean, no, he's, better than he's Jabari, great. Dyson Daniels, Ben Matherin. I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty impressive what he's been able to do. Of like all the top minute, you know, guys. Paolo's number one, 53% true shooting. Jaden Ivey, 46% true shooting. Jabari, 57. Jadab, 61. Ben Matherin, 49. Andrew Nimhard, 59, who's pretty high up in minutes, too. Sohan, 48. Andrew Griffin, 58. Yeah, I mean, it's quite impressive. Shaden Sharp, 44%. is like a guy that people have been pretty hyped about all season. Tari Eason, 48% true shooting. Um yeah. Jabari is not that bad in terms of true shooting. It's getting better. Yeah, yeah. He is he is fifty seven point nine percent true shooting That's not in the bad last in all. the last ten games. Yeah. He's yeah. he is leveling out from his horrific start. Yeah, he's yeah. starting to play a lot better. Just he's starting to shoot a lot better, I'll say that. But J Dub, the efficiency, the the way he scores I mean, in the last in those last ten games, he's been in double figures in eight of the last ten games. Yeah, uh, which has been quite impressive, really, from that Boston game on. Like he has just put up some really impressive numbers, and like eleven points is like big whoop. Like all eleven came in the fourth quarter, <laughs> and he helped them in a game where like the offense and the whole team was really sputtering in the third. And it, you just thought, okay, this doesn't feel like their night. You know, yeah. it's kind of how how it felt. And You're waiting for it to <laughs> to crumble in front of you, and yeah, and no, yeah, no, did not crumble. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to dig in a little bit more on the efficiency stuff because it is just kind of mind blowing what he's done in his first, you know, twenty games as a rookie. Is just he just continues to to really impress in the restricted area he's shooting 70.6%. This is on only on 34 shots. But you compare that to the rest of the rookies in the restricted area. You know Ben Mathern's had the most he's 59%. Jalen She's not bad. No, not bad at all, especially with 52 attempts. Jalen Duran is 72%. Uh, Tari Eason's 52%. Jade Nivey is 58%. Uh, uh, J-Dub's 70%, as I said earlier. I mean, that's really something. Yeah, and the bar here for being good is around 60, I would say. Yeah. Um, being bad is below 55. Um, being, like, horrible is below 50. Like if you get the rim and you and you take percentage around fifty two, fifty three, 
a coach should, should say to you, I mean, there are better options. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, uh, below 40, below 50 is just, hey, don't go there. Yeah, um, yeah without a doubt. Yeah, um, so 70 is probably due to the amount of shots that he, that he takes, mm -hmm. which will level out a bit. Um, but he's taking already like runners. Uh, he's taking... Yeah. yeah, these are not, a lot of these are not just like layups or dunks. Like some of them are. Definitely. Some of them are. Some of them are. But even the dunks are not like easy dunks. No. So this is, so that was the last 10 games. Mm -hmm. For the whole season, 71% for the whole season. <laughs> 44 of 62. That is, yeah. that is better than everybody in the rookie class. Let me check that. Andrew Nimhard is a little bit better, but it's only on 22 attempts. Yeah. Um, AJ Griffin's a little bit better, but only on 20 attempts. Um, Usman Jang is actually better, but on limited <laughs> attempts, 11 of 14 in the restricted area. But amongst players that have taken at least 50 or more yeah 50 or more attempts which isn't there aren't very many guys that have done that he's the only guy that's better than him is walker kessler <laughs> that's it amongst which, the guys that have taken at least just 50 dunks. Oh, or, dunks or, only and like credit to him like he's only taking shots he can make he's 80 percent in the restricted area this season yeah he's been very which good was one of the red flags that we have uh, that we had for Kessler. I mean, is this guy really trying all the things that he he's trying at, at Auburn? Yeah. Or is just reverting <laughs> to, hey, I'm very tall, I'm good at blocking and dunking, and it, apparently the coaching staff is having, like, a good response yeah. uh, from Kessler. Yeah. Uh, moving to the in-the-paint, non-restricted area, so not at the rim, but in the paint, he's 51.7% which yeah. is quite impressive. Again, yes. the only player that is better than him that's had, let's say, hold on, let me give like a minimum of 20 attempts. Minimum of 20 attempts. There are only two guys that are shooting better than him in the non-paint. Actually, no, only one, and it's it's your guy, AJ Griffin, who's, yeah. who's been awesome um, so far for Atlanta. We'll get to see him tonight. Uh, against the Thunder, but he's 15 of 29 in the non-restricted area paint twos. I mean, just to compare it to others, like Ben Matherin is 28%. <laughs> um, yeah. Paolo is 44%. Jaden Ivey's 29%. Jaden Ivey's yeah, 17 44 of is good, though. Like, yeah, if yeah. he was shooting 44%, I think that, that Shea is around that number, if I'm not mistaken. For yeah. non-paint twos, yeah, maybe a little bit higher, um, but non-paint twos are basically floaters uh, and short jumpers. It's a hard shot. It's a really yeah. hard shot because you're often like very contested. Yeah, um, it's it is just a difficult shot. Let me I can pull up the whole Thunder team because I think it, it's good to have context. Um, yeah, for yeah, I think that these, when all these guys are playing. Yeah, his go-to move in terms of um, floating the ball is he attacks hard on the left side of the court and then jumps and finishes with the right hand mm -hmm. with a floater. He did it against Minnesota. It, it is a beautiful shot and a shot that you don't really expect. 
and the fact that he's mastering that already, it's it's a good weapon to have uh, when you're there. But while you're searching for the OKC numbers, uh, I think that it's trivial. And I know that sometimes I like to state trivial stuff. But the fact that he's able to make elite decisions already for himself in terms of which shot is a good shot for me and which shot is a good shot for me now, which are two similar but not equal things, is is impressive. I mean, there are very, very few shots that you can say, why did he do did he do that? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes a runner that is that hits the um the the backboard too high uh, and or too hard that, that leaves you with uh, maybe that is not something to, that you want to do. But then the next possession is actually nailing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shea is leading the team, and he's got to be pretty high up in the league in attempts that are non-restricted area in the paint mm. shots. He's uh, taken 145 of wow. them. Uh, he's 44.8%, which is pretty good. Giddy has taken 93. Yeah, it's, it's slightly above Paolo, but yeah. not like a different different uh, kind of percentage, yeah. Yeah, Giddy is 41.9%, 39 of Still okay. Yeah. <laughs> Your boy, Lou Dort. Don't say it's about... It will probably start with a two. Uh give me just give me a guess. Just give me your gut feeling on this one. Twenty-five. Tw- 31%. Okay. Close enough. Bad but not like bad but don't use the no. Bad but no but. It's just bad. Bad. Uh, Trey man's forty one percent. And then J dub, like I discussed, fifty one point seven percent. It will drop. I mean, it all has these to. efficiency It has to. You can't drop. make more than half your shots on those. They're impossible. <laughs> those are just really difficult shots. Really, really difficult shots. Yeah. Um, I just think I just think he's been so, so impressive. I mean, you look at the guys in the league that have taken the most of the the most shots. Actually, Shea is number one in the NBA at 145 is, attempts. I mean, 45%. In known pain twos is unheard of. Like this is extremely good. I mean, there are very few players. I would say that KD maybe has a comparable percentage, maybe a little bit higher even. But it's a lot higher. It's a lot higher actually. A lot higher. Yeah. Let me go. I'll go through these real quick. Uh, Jalen Brunson is number two. He's shooting fifty-five point nine percent this season, which is outrageous. That's gross. Uh, Bam Adebayo is 44.9%. He's third in attempts. Uh, John Morant is fourth, 39%. Mm-hmm. Um, Trey Young is fifth. He's 42%. Jordan Clarkson is next at 43%. Kevin Durant's next. 61.5% <laughs> in the in but, the paint, non-restricted area twos. 72 of 117. That is that's like, different. That's, That's just different. like so so dumb. That yeah, is but it, so so dumb. I even wonder if they're just giving him layups from there because he's too long. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, he's yeah. often taking taking off from you know areas that are beyond the restricted area. He doesn't always get right there, but still, like Durant's mid-range game has been ridiculous. Yeah, but if you look, like forty-five is already in a in the upper tier. Mm-hmm. Of these percentages, yes, there are outliers, mm-hmm. but I mean, Shea is 
quite good there. Yeah. Yeah, he's been he's been very good. Um J Dub has just not taken corner threes. He's taken four corner threes all season. Mm-hmm. Um he's only made one. And then above the break, he's thirty one point seven percent on the season, thirteen of forty one. But again, if you go to the last ten games, it just feels like he's starting to really catch a groove in the last mm-hmm. ten games. He's ten of twenty seven. 37%. Yeah. So that that feels more in line with the kind of shooter that they thought they were getting, I think, in the draft because mm-hmm. he shot the ball really well uh, off the catch and off movement. Um, and so this, to me, is like the kind of player that I thought, I think the Thunder thought they were getting when they drafted him. And he's, boy, he's he's just been really special in the time that he has gotten to handle the ball and be the man. And so I just wonder, you know, you want him and Giddy and Shea and Chet eventually to learn how to play together, definitely. But this is a guy that's got a pretty high ceiling too. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. because of his athleticism, which is not bad, but it's like closer to average than it is anything. Like we've seen him explode to the rim for some dunks. But – it's just the way he thinks the game and his yeah. pace. I mean, he's not hes not Shea because Shea is like one of a kind special, but the same like deceleration, the same pacing stuff that Shea has, mm-hmm. you can watch Jalen playing like, oh, like he's got some of that too. Yeah. You know, and the fact that he's willing to play off ball and knows how to cut and knows how to move without the ball is like so important. And, you know, you look across and, like, people are writing stuff about him. Like, he's on, like, rookie ladders and rookie rankings and stuff. I think ESPN has him at sixth overall mm-hmm. in their rookie rankings. I think he's around there with a lot of different, you know, evaluators. But that was just such a home run pick at 12. Yeah. I mean, it was just – I mean, you look at – and I hate like doing redrafts and like all oh, the way too early redraft of this. And I know I've done that before. But should it's, pick um, Matherin at two. Yeah, should have picked Matherin at two. Sorry, John Hollinger. Um, but it, to get a player like that at twelve, I mean, it really does kind of go back to like the sweet spot stuff that I was talking about before. You know, before the draft is like there just always seems to be a guy that falls, and then like a, the Johnny Davises of the world are taken above them. And then there's this guy that oftentimes it can be because of age. You know, he was a junior, you know, 21 years old. Like sometimes it's because of stuff like that, that people, you know, let these guys fall. Sometimes it's because he doesn't have like elite upside because of a perceived lack of athleticism, you know, things like that where – you know, he and and part of it too is he played for Santa Clara, where the competition yeah. is just not very good. You know, and yeah. so it's how do we weed out what's real and what's not? I think like some people have a hard time doing that. I think that's why Johnny Davis went ahead of him at tenth, because like Johnny Davis was playing against really tough competition all year at Wisconsin, yeah, and was playing really really well and was highly productive. Um, out of the guard spot. And so I, I get why he did. But yeah. if you're the Thunder and you have this 6'6 wing 
that can play guard and all the way from point guard to power forward for you. You just have to be feeling so good about that decision. And to have that guy in a rookie-scale deal, you have team control of him for a long time. He's an incredible person, too. You know, when Sam talked talked about how he drafted people and not necessarily just the players, I think it really did mean that. And that doesn't mean that, like, you're just going. These are not good players. <laughs> right. It doesn't mean they're not good players. What it means is, like, these guys are unusual in that they are highly talented, but really high character people as well. And like Jalen Williams fits that to a T. Uh, and so he just, yeah, he won rookie of the month. That's great. He, but man, this, this is where you can start getting excited because it's already easy to be excited because the Thunder have Shea Gillis Alexander on their team. And yeah. he's one of which. The, by the way, he scored more than 30 against Minnesota again. again. And it, it and just felt like ho-hum. Like, ho-hum, 31. Good job. Way to go. He, I mean, you have Shea. Josh, who was great in Minnesota, too. Yeah. I think it's easy to kind of overshadow Josh just because you had what J-Dub did in the fourth, and you have what Shea did throughout the game was just trickle in points here and there and really close the game for them. But Josh was really good. It sounds easy, but it's not. No, not whenever the entire defense is geared to stop you from doing what you're doing. And you just do it anyways. This is where things can start to get really exciting in the rebuild for the Thunder. It's like, holy smokes. Like, they've got Shea, who has, like, taken a monstrous leap. You know, I wrote in The Athletic last week about how, uh, what's the biggest surprise like it still is Shea. Like oh, yeah. it is shocking what he's been able to do. Thirty-one points. I mean the it it's insane what he's been able to do. Thirty-one points, four point seven rebounds, six assists, one point eight steals. That's that's by the way the most steals amongst the top thirty scores in the NBA is yeah. one point eight. Better than anybody else in the top thirty in scoring. One point two blocks. He's shooting fifty, thirty four, ninety two. He's fourth in the NBA in free throw attempts. There's only one player in the top 160 players in free throw attempts. So we're talking almost half the league. And he is shooting the fourth most, and he's shooting better than everybody except for James Harden, who's only played nine games. He is the best free throw shooter in the NBA this year. When we're talking about volume and we're talking about percentage, he's the best free throw shooter in the league, which is, he was good. He's never been bad. No. But he was just... Low 80. Yeah. He was kind of that Westbrook 80, 82%, which is good. Like, that's great. If you have a star that's taken that many free throws and they make 80% of their shots, wow. That is incredible. If, but if 90 could, is a different beast. 92? 92 is an insane number. Yeah. It's a crazy, crazy, crazy number. You almost, you almost expect that to go down. Like, it can't continue like that. But then you see <laughs> the, the preparation. The, so, wow, it's, it's different. 
<laughs> yeah, it it is wild. I thought it was going down like two weeks ago when I think he missed yeah, five. Yeah, had a game. moment, and I was like, oh, okay, well here it comes. Like no, no, yeah, he's 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 just gonna keep going. Yeah, that you know, Shay and the crazy stuff he's done paired with J Dub, paired with Giddy, paired with Chet incoming, paired with. I don't know if they're going to get the eighth pick or whatever they get in this next draft. You know, like that's where you can say, okay, I see it now. You know, if you're, if you're somebody who has there and there's still people in my mentions whenever the Thunder lose and they just get mad about tanking and whatever. But like, if you're one of those that just is like, yeah, this isn't going to work, you know, tanking, you're wrong. Yeah. You're wrong. He's really working. Yeah. It has worked and it is working. And, by the way, all of the assets that were accumulated haven't even started really to hit yet. The first yeah. real blue chip one is on the team, and he scored 11 points in the fourth quarter against the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's the first one. That's the first yeah. one. And whether or not they use those other picks for players or for trade or whatever, like those are still incoming. And at some point, you're going to be asking yourself a question like, do is this team like that? We need a consolidation trade because there's too much talent on the team, yeah. and they're going to need. That's not today. They're going to need. No, this will be years. But in a few years, you may be asking yourself that question: like, do they need to? And they'll they'll eventually do it, where they take two or three young guys and a pick, and they go get somebody. But they get to keep Shea and Giddy and Chet and Jadup, and like they, they they get to keep those guys. Yeah. You know. It's the rebuild is going about as well as you could possibly want it to. And, you know, this year there's a lot of really fun stuff going on. They're still not like a great team, but like they're 20th in net rating, 18th in defense, 21st in offense. They're fifth overall in pace. This is actually the, this is the second fastest thunder team in history. Uh, which pace. is crazy to, to think about. Yeah. But yeah. The fastest was that Paul George, Russ, Dennis Schroeder, Jeremy Grant team. Oh, yeah. That was the fastest team in Thunder history. This is the second fastest team in Thunder history, um, according to NBA.com. They're extremely fun. This is just an extremely fun team. Um, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this team and their schedule and who they play tonight uh, right after this quick break. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. 
Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. And we're back after that quick break. Michele, the Thunder are in Atlanta tonight. They play the Hawks, who have had some very interesting times recently. Yeah. Trey Young. The times that you really want to have as a fan. God. The times that uh, um, make your heart warm for Christmas. <laughs> it's it's perfect. What an unusual story. Yeah. It's at, on The Athletic. Again, go to the go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk and get the athletic for one dollar a month for six months. Great deal. Come on, guys. Go read it's it's such an insane deal. I mean, I you won't I don't even know. know. You won't even know that it's coming out of your account. Just do it. Just do it. And you can also listen to this show ad free. So if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I hate having to skip through ads, and I wish there was a way to not have ads. Well, there is a way. You can listen to it yeah. on the athletic app and get it for free. Uh, Sham Sharani and Sam Amick report that <laughs> Trey Young. Uh, our own Oklahoman, Trey Young, is a little miffed and peeved at Nate McMillan and doesn't wanna, didn't want to go to the game. They got into a little tiff and just decided not to go to the game. Just a weird story, one of the weirder NBA stories uh, in a long time. But the Thunder played this Hawks team tonight. I assume Trey Young is going to show up, you yeah. know. And they are missing John Collins. They are missing DeAndre Hunter tonight. Uh, Kenny Hustle is out tonight. Thank you, Rudy Gobert. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, the matchup tonight against this Hawks squad? Yeah, I mean, um, it makes a huge difference uh, if Trey plays or not. Um, I oh, guess yeah. it will. And, and it's going to be, I think, fun to see if even if this is not the Lou Dort matchup, he is one of those matchups that allows Lou Dort to show that he is a one-on-one defender worth of notice. And mm-hmm. I think that this is one of those nights where he has to put the clamps uh, on Trey Young, especially when he gets to the rim. I mean, you can't really stop everything for Trey Man. For um, I said Trey Man, Trey Young. Trey Sorry, you can stop. Uh, you can stop Trey Man right now. Yeah. But I mean, the shooting—you you can't really um, stop him, but you can make it hard. And the size is, is similar. Um, yeah. He can be physical with Trey Young, so I, I really want to see Lou uh, having a good night uh, defensively. In terms of offense, I think that in general, I mean, um, they had to to switch towards defense a little bit more. Mm-hmm. The, the Hawks did compared to last uh, last year, um, and. And they have an identity. They, they will miss 
Hunter big time. Um, he's, been, so, he's been really good for them this year. You know, he yeah. didn't play the other night. Do you know who started for the Hawks the other night in the Trey Young? I didn't. Ch- I game? checked, but I don't remember. So Dejounte Murray, AJ Griffin, yeah, Jalen Johnson, their first round pick from oh. two years ago. Clint Capella started in the middle, and then I'm going to see if I can like have you guess this guy. He was selected six overall in the draft by the Minnesota Timberwolves. He um he got waived. At some oh, point. I know who he is. Um, um, Texas Tech. Texas Tech guard, Jarrett Culver. Um, Culver, yes. Jarrett Culver played 32 minutes for them the other night. Fantastic. A fantastic player. I, I can't <laughs> report uh, a sentence that was told to me back in the day um, when he was doing draft workouts, but um, uh, I think that it, he was one of the worst three-point shooter ever to make yeah. a workout. Um Again, the metaphor was kind of harsh, so I will not um, <laughs> indulge in, in discussing it. But you can you can hey. think about it and come up with. Uh, um, hey, all, all Jared Culver is doing right now is helping the Hawks win games. They won that game against the Nuggets. Um, yeah, so that's by eight that, points. Yeah, exactly. I mean, D'Angelo Washington is a fantastic player. Yes, that is exactly what I'm talking about here. Um, I mean, I like to see how OKC will try to put um, Young on Shea. Yeah. Because I think that what I would do is to try to put a, a shooter, and I, I expect that both uh, Isaiah Joe or either Isaiah Joe or Trey Mann will screen a lot mm-hmm. uh, for Shea mm-hmm. and trying to get DeJounte away from him. Yeah. Uh, just free up uh, Shea a little bit. And it can they can do the same with, uh, with Griffin, which is not a terrible defender, not our Waffle defender, but still yeah. not um, uh, a great one. Mm-hmm. So I think that I would, if I was uh, in the coaching staff, which I'm not, I'm sure that they will uh, try to to play pick and roll a lot and mm-hmm. put Young in as many pick and rolls oh, yeah. uh, with Shea as possible yeah, or semi isolations. So um, and not having a good backline defender like Hunter, I think that it will play a role. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, a Kongu's coming off the bench. Our guy Vit Krechi played 15 minutes the other night too Yay. against the Hawks. I'm glad that he's stuck. I think that he's got some skills and he actually kind of fits what the Hawks want to do. He fits what the Thunder wanted to do as well, but they just didn't have room for him. So I think that, you know, of the guys that got away, I know Teo's had some decent minutes for the Hornets, but it's, I'm kind of like, yeah, whatever. Um, I think Vit has like an actual chance to make it still. So I'm yeah. interested to see. I mean, if he stays healthy. He yeah. he's a good player in terms of feel and it's not okay defensively yet. He's not shooting uh nearly enough and or good enough to be like discussed in scouting reports. Mm-hmm. But still, um he he was one of, of uh, those players that was picked by OKC because they could do most of the things with the ball in their hands and making proper decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm intrigued by this matchup. I think that I mean the Thunder have a chance, especially with the guys that are out for the Hawks yeah. and the fact that you know it's only Kenrich Williams tonight that's out. So I'm I'm intrigued to watch this game. The Thunder team, while they're not a very good team night to night, they're just pretty fun to watch. And so 
I'm interested to see how they continue to perform. I'm interested to see if Trey Mann can eventually get out of this slump that he's been in, too. Yeah, we need to discuss this. Um, Give me your thoughts. This is not the good, the the percentage that I expected. The shot quality is high. I expect some correction. Um, But it's clear that he's not in a good place right now. Um, He's struggling big time. Um, You can see in the eyes when the ball is going out, it's almost like I don't understand why this is going out, uh, and and you can. It's not easy to come out of this, um, no. but it's it's still very early to be worried about that. Yeah. I still like the aggression. I still think that Jay, that uh, Trey Man is one of the few guys that can really put pressure on the defense uh, from from the dribble, and I really want to. Uh, to see him keep trying and keep shooting. I know that it seems that I'm using a scale with Dort and a scale with Trey Mann, um, because they are probably Trey Mann right now is more inefficient than Lou Dort. I have the the feeling though that when Trey Mann has the ball, it creates a different uh, microcosm for the for for the offense. Mm-hmm. The defense reacts in a different way compared to when Ludort has the ball in his hands. And I think that this year, Ludort is improving so much in driving the basketball. He's different. He's picking his spots so much better. And there is, it's not that Lou is like is playing bad basketball right now, but there are still these two, three, four moments in the game where you clearly see him taking a decision that a split of a second later, you want back, mm-hmm. and 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 when he cuts that out, and I think he will, there will be no complaints from my part. I'm <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. There's still so much development going on. Oh yeah, in the squad. Where there's, I mean, there's going to be big Lou Dort nights, and there's going to be big Trey Man nights coming up, and they're going to have terrible nights. I mean, this is just like the nature of. A young player trying to figure out their NBA career, you know. Sure. And having a dominant player like Shea, who's taken 21 shots a game, which I think is great. He could even take more if he wanted to. Um, you know, this is just kind of the way that this goes. Uh, we hadn't really talked a lot about Josh's night or just his season. We've talked a lot about his season overall, but just thoughts on the way that Josh played against the Timberwolves. I think um, I said this on Thunder After Dark with John, but I think it's worth repeating here. This is one of the first games where I could clearly see Shea and Giddy trying to play in synchro and trying to find each other. Um, there was this moment where Shea, I think he had, he could have a, like a pull-up shot. Instead, he drove the basketball and just found Giddy open in the corner for yeah. a late shot, late clock shot, mm-hmm. which went in. And you could clearly see Giddy being extremely happy that the ball found his end. Yeah. Um, it was like, whoa, you really passed it to me. <laughs> like, great. Yes. yes. Well, it was one of the first games where you could see them working together in yeah. a way that it was, you felt it was repeatable, you know, there's, yeah. a, there's like stuff on the break and whatnot. They're like, yeah, that's always going to work. Like those guys are going to score. Yes. They're going to find ways. But 
within half court offense. Like you can see, and this is such a credit to Shea, because Shea could just look over at Giddy and be like, "Hey, man, I'd like to get forty five tonight if you'll get out of the way, you know, mm-hmm. or just like set a screen for me. That'd be cool, you know." I'm yeah. going to go to the All-Star game this year, so if you could just set screens for me and rebound, that'd be cool. Like, no, he's allowing Josh to relocate and to find good positioning on the court, and Shea's finding him. He's throwing him the ball. He's trying to ma- he's trying to make sure that he is confident as well, you know? Yeah. I mean, he found him for seven three-point attempts. Like, that's great, you know? And he's taking wide-open threes. I love the kinds of shots that Josh took the other night. He's... Yeah, 50% from the field, 8 of 16. I thought he was phenomenal. And then he's finding guys. I mean, he had seven assists, two steals, two blocks, four turnovers, 12 rebounds. I mean, it's just like, wow. Like, it was the ultimate Josh Giddy game. Like, you got yeah. everything. You got a variety of different shots. You had threes that were going down. You had his playmaking. You had his rebounding from the guard position. It was like the entire package of what Josh can bring all in one game. I was so, so impressed with him. And that's the kind of player that he can ultimately be on a night-to-night basis. Not that he's going to be 21, 12, and 7 every single night. Like, that's kind of ridiculous. That would be good. That would be great. To have as a stat line for his prime years. I wouldn't say no to that. But he's a guy that is going to – he just fills in gaps. And if he can fill in gaps by taking threes as well, yeah, that's – (laughs) <laughs> that is just icing on the cake because he's already doing it with his playmaking, already doing it with his rebounding. His defense is getting better. It's not great. He is going to be one of the weak spots in the Thunder defense if things don't hey, get a whole he got lot a better. Very nice block. Yeah. He had two blocks in that game. Yeah, but you one know? was very loud. Yeah. He's gonna I, I don't know. I'm I was impressed with Josh and the progress that he's making. So far this season, it's going to be up and down. He may play terribly against the Hawks tonight, or he may match this or do even better. Who knows? Like predicting what a 20 year old is going to do on the NBA court is just, it's impossible. But that to me was like one of the ultimate giddy games. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's not a small thing, the, um, your statement about Shea and the fact that he can go for 50 mm-hmm. and he can basically do it whenever he wants it. Yeah. Um, but he's not doing it. I think that there is value in that, um, intrinsic value in that. I think that it will, maybe there will be a spot in the season, this season probably, where he can just have his night. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's allowed to have that. But the fact that whenever the game is in a certain place, he's not doing too much. Yep. You can clearly see him doing a lot. Sometimes, I mean, there were inefficient games for Shea. Um, but I never got the impression, okay, Shea, this is enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, which is incredible because he could really take 40 shots and nobody could really complain. Like, he's that much better than anybody else in the team. No doubt. The team. Yeah, and, I would even encourage it just because sometimes it's really fun. I mean, that's what Booker did with the Suns. Back in the yeah. day, it was like all the time. Hey, let's go for 70. Time. Yeah, let me get 70 points in a game. And I just don't think Shea is going to do something like that just because I don't I don't see him as a guy that like, cares all that much about it. I mean, he was even asked about it after the game, and he was like, I don't really even like 
being the focal point after every single game where it's just like all about me. Like he wants it to be more about the team, which yeah. not only is that encouraging for he and Josh and he and J dub and everybody else, but like when Chet gets here, like we all know that he, like Josh Giddy is going to do whatever he can to make Chet better. But I think you can say the same for Shay, which is really important to like yep. the ceiling of this franchise. You're seeing it in Minnesota where like Minnesota, like those guys don't have any clue how to play together. It has not worked. It is just clunky. It is it's there. And some of it is like ant has even been saying things like I would just rather play in a spaced out offense. And the front office is like, sorry, man, this, this ain't it. And, this team is like they're slowly building together. It's very all of it is extremely intentional. It's not thrown together at all. It's like all the pieces yeah. are intentional. And if they can grow together and have time to gel, I'm not talking about next season. I'm not even talking about the season after that. Yeah. It may not even be till three seasons from now. But there could be a legitimately great team in Oklahoma City. Like legitimately, we have Western Conference Finals expectations for this team in three or four years. Yeah. Like that could be the case, and it's developing now. It's developing in games like that, where Shea is looking for other guys, and he's the and Shea is the one up and cheering on when Jalen Williams is going off in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you know he's not sitting there stewing like, oh, this is my team. Why is what's this guy? Doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You why, know, like, why, why am I not there? Why, why are, yeah. Um, I think that um, we said it many times, but there is a freaking button. And oh. there will be a time yeah. where you can push it, mm -hmm. but you don't want to be too early. I mean, it won't be anytime soon. Away. It won't be anytime soon. No, no, not, no, no, no. Not no, even no, next no. summer, not at the trade yeah, deadline. Yeah. You, can, yeah, you, yeah. Can hang, you can put the button in the closet. You can lock it up. You can throw <laughs> yeah. away the key. Because that you're not that's not happening anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um you really need to especially when you have one button for OKC, maybe it's not just one, but it's it's not much more than one. Um you have to be damn sure. Yes. That whatever you, you get, you have to it's know really what you need. Yeah. Because exactly. if there is something that you like, but it's not exactly what you need, you are screwed. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, this Minnesota experiment oh. can be done in 12 months. Done. Like trading yeah. Edwards, done. Yeah. In 12 months. Yeah. He could, he could, and, he could lose his and just say, I'm out of here. Like, get me, get yeah. me out of here right now. I'm signing the qualifying offer when this is yeah. all over and I'm, I'm leaving. So you better trade me now. It may go 180 degrees and they can turn it. Turn it on and then make it a good team, um, a playoff team. Um, yeah, they can like make the, playoffs, the Hawks. Yeah, the Hawks risked a lot, and maybe yeah. this Murray trade is the trade to make. I, I, I like the the deal, um, but it's risky. And Cleveland, it's the same. Mm. Um, it's it's risky. I mean, it mm. was one season of being together. So for every success story, there will probably be three or four where. You don't know. You, you, a year after, say, why? Why did I make that right? Mm -hmm. And it seems that in some in some moments you have 
a lot of well but if it goes bad i can have an out mm -hmm. in a couple of years and sometimes it's just yeah okay you have an out but come on look at the porzingis trade for for dallas mm -hmm. i mean i if they go back they would probably i don't know kick themselves in the nuts mm -hmm. twice before before doing that right it's way too early yeah whatever works with luca uh now now the the, the point is not that the the porzingis deal failed which it, it clearly did. did yeah the point is they don't have an idea of what should work alongside luca which is the problem it's a huge that problem. is the problem now problem. you have they will have two, three years of putting stuff around Shay and Chet and Giddy. And they will probably say, okay, we need that. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, Thunder played tonight in Atlanta. Should be a fun game. We'll have another podcast for you guys on Wednesday. Hope everybody is doing great. We got the holiday season uh, amongst us. It's just a, it's just a joyous time. The Thunder are on a this is the second game of a five-game road trip, and then they will spend a ton of time at home. So, you know, maybe I'll see you guys at a home game. Maybe not. But if not, I hope you guys have a uh, hope you guys have just a great time. Just enjoy time with uh, family and friends. And uh, we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.